0: Alright guys, we've all been there. It's client feedback time, you're sitting in the cozy confines of your edit suite, and then all of a sudden you're thrust into the messy world of rendering, encoding, uploading to Dropbox, and emailing the clients. It's crazy. That is until today. The Whipster review panel for Adobe Premiere Pro lets you send your edit to your clients without leaving Premiere. Whipster does all the encoding, uploading, sharing, and collating of feedback behind the scenes. Sit back and relax as the comments appear directly in your Premiere Pro timeline as markers. It's seamless, smooth, and speedy. It's a revolution in collaboration. To find out more, and to install the review panel, head to whipster.com. So check it out. It's the Whipster review panel for Premiere Pro at whipster.com.
1: What, in addition to the right equipment, does it take for the job of film editing?
0: Welcome to The Cutting Room, the official podcast of AOTG.com, and today we have Christopher Telfson being interviewed by Bobby Osteen discussing Moneyball and Capote. Now, this was actually recorded back in 2013 at the Manhattan Edit Workshop's event, Sight, Sound, and Story, and if you're in New York or you're planning on being there in June, then you got to check out this year's lineup. They're about to release it, so I can't give you any secret hints here just yet. It's going to be any day now. I believe they're waiting for NAB to be over to make that announcement. So you're definitely going to have to check that out. You want to go to SightSoundAndStory.com to check that out. I'm pretty sure you're really going to enjoy some of the panels. They've really expanded upon what they originally started with, and it's pretty exciting. So this is an excerpt from a couple years ago, and we're actually going to be at NAB this week. So that's why I'm doing this excerpt, because I just didn't want to rush an interview to try and get it in in time. And while we're at NAB, we're actually gonna be giving you updates and interviews from the companies on this feed. So you'll be getting updates pretty much daily. With that said, of course, I wanna thank our sponsors this week, Whipster, whipster.io, check them out. And of course, I wanna thank the Manhattan Edit Workshop for allowing us to use this. But without further ado, here's Bobby Osteen interviewing Christopher Tulson.
2: Another true story, uh, Capote, is the next clip we're going to show. Um, and this is um, your well, I, what would you your experience working with this director um, Bennett Miller was um, it was you also did Moneyball with him yes. and you said that you were you're very similar in the way your your
1: aesthetic is Your aesthetic is and your your
2: in terms of really um, working your ass off to kind yeah, of, kind
1: <laughs> of hard, we kind of try to out hardcore one another. I guess. Yeah, but
2: that you <laughs> just. <laughs> what would you say ah, your <laughs> your no, your sensibility and your your what what if you could articulate your similarities in terms of what you're searching for, how you work together? Well, a,
1: a sense of truth, a sense of um, of a textural kind of. Going the uh, going the distance with a scene to find it take on something else and to to bring the performances to you know like to to make sure that no performance is under underplayed at all at all and also looking for for ways of of developing the narrative in an interesting manner too.
2: And what was your challenge with this particular character?
1: With, with Capote, well, Capote, the the challenge was to, to, you know, to shape, you know, this incredible performance. And I knew, and interestingly at the time there was another Capote film that was like, they, they were kind of competing movies, which I yeah. had actually read the script and passed them. But um, this, like I was just, I knew that Phil was poised for something really special. And I was very excited to be working with, with him. And he, he really, came through with an extraordinary performance.
2: But you you also said, I mean, this is interesting editorially, that the party scene was not originally. No. And and that's really interesting um, um, what you gained by The the film
1: was very very low budget. I mean, it was made for 7.5, and it was shot in 30 days in Winnipeg. They used Winnipeg because it looked more like Kansas in 1959 than Kansas and that really worked out and also interestingly all the party scenes were peppered with uh they used the winnipeg royal ballet so it was all the women and men in the party scenes are are from there so that was like their their kind of um their pool of extras for the parties and it worked out very well but um the the challenge was that in the original script if you're familiar with the film there's or not familiar with the film there's a the it starts with the story of in cold blood in which the um the young a young woman finds her friend dead in her home which is the Nancy clutter who who was one of the four people that were murdered in the story of in cold blood and this becomes the image of this girl finding this body then it like there's this wide wide shot of of, of the plains and it sort of like resonates out to New York and Brooklyn and then he's reading a newspaper with with about the story and decides to go that's how it was originally originally written and shot and then he was immediately on the train with with nell harper lee who was played by catherine keener who uh if you don't know was the writer of um of to kill a mockingbird and was a good friend of Truman potty's and went with him to the midwest to be sort of a mediator so because he was so out there he was so unusual for the people out there that she was a she was kind of a sounding board and was able to get a lot of information from him, able able to help him guide into this world and get the information that he needed for in cold blood. But with the original um setup there, without having a real context for him and who he was at that time she is the first person that he sees and then he goes right to Kansas and he didn't feel like a real fish out of water and eventually we did a, re- a shoot, an extra shoot an enhancement shoot of a party scene that so you find the body resonates out from from the plains and Kansas to New York and then you're in this party with Truman Capote holding court with like all these obsequious people like you know just hanging on his every word and it contextualizes him just for the person that he was at that moment and then he reads the article and then he sees Nell and she sort of sees right through him and you get the get the point that she's someone who you know he can't charm that she sees him for who he is and then then he's in Kansas and he feels like a like a fish out of water so because that was a very important contextual scene yeah. without it it really it didn't it was like I was pulling my hair out trying to make things work in the beginning without that
2: Yeah because he's in his element yeah. he's oh. in the sort of phony, you know, feed yeah, world like and then all of a sudden he's forced like to
1: kind of... Yeah, then he's like... And then, he, you know, he tries to, like, he does a little trick and pulls the wool over her eyes and tries to... by, by The um, porter comes up and says, oh, Mr. Capote, I was a great fan of your work. And then he, and then he leaves and she looks and looks at him and says, you paid him to do that. And he says, what do you mean? Yeah. Because <laughs> and it... I and mean, then he says, how did you know that? So it's a, it's pretty great. No,
2: I mean it's interesting because it was a challenge to create that character. I mean, it, you have you have a definite ambivalence about him. I mean, this sort of sickness of his self-serving. Oh, it's
1: really important. You have to he, really. You know, it's yeah. it's exposing of a of a real like element of the selfishness is huge, and he's like he's a compulsive liar.
2: Yeah, and so so the scene that we're going to show a clip from. Um, it's also you know this uh, maybe you want to talk about well, what preceded it because it, the it's, whole
1: movie this
2: is like laid <laughs> yeah. into the movie this it's, is it's an it's hour the hanging scene minutes.
1: and basically he's he's he is asked by the two people that he's spent like five years kind of hanging on waiting for them to die to be able to finish his book and then he he actually comes to to the hanging and it's it's colors the rest of his life basically and it's it's in a way the beginning of the end and Krumah often quoted he said if I knew what was waiting what was there in Kansas before I got there I would run the other way
2: and 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 the suspense of the scene where you Previous to that, he, you don't. Um, he visits. He visits. You don't know if he's gonna. You don't know not. if he's gonna show up. So the way Chris edited it to build that suspense and create this sort of mystique about whether he will or will not show up is is very brilliantly done. And but
1: we're starting in post that right in the clip.
2: Um, we're starting. It's the hanging scene. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Um, okay. So I told you something you're gonna no, see. No, Sorry okay. about that. No. No. It was okay. Hard. So we'll run the clip. Cool. Bennett Miller did talk about how he loved the jump cut before the trapdoor opens. Mm, yeah, that's, and that's really and the, the way you doubled up the action after, under the trapdoor is just brilliantly edited. That whole sequence is very shocking and visceral. And
1: Thank you. Well, we, we tried to find ways of making it a little bit of, like it's, you're expecting something, but you want to be surprised at the same time and, and like a little bit taken aback. When and his, um, yeah,
2: his reaction, the double reaction is very, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and in this particular, the sound design in this, thing, this yeah, scene is yeah. remarkable. Ron, Ron B- Bocard did a
1: beautiful job and worked, worked very closely with us. and
2: Particularly the sound of the trap door, that mm-hmm. steel and wood. And yeah. the silence. It's the silence. Now, what the was your breathing. biggest challenge in, in editing this particular
0: scene? The, the
1: timing. You yeah. Know, the timing of getting everything at the, exp- and like, it it seemed one thing was clear was to to not show um, Truman Capote too early to you know because first he's, he shakes hands with the sheriff who's who's present there the sheriff from Kansas played by uh, Chris Cooper and then you so you're not sure if he's there yet so that can you know, and then we see his back it really you know you feel it you know and you hold on, you on that it.
2: quite you hold on that quite yeah, a while yeah
1: yeah yeah and a lot of the shots are held a little un. Conventionally long, mm-hmm. and you know, just not necessarily the way one would trip along with something. But you don't want to trip along with something when it's like you know the end of a life. So,
2: but the also the, the that whole uh, issue of the body how the body responds yeah, the to the hanging and the waiting. jerking
1: and the, yeah. uh, the before you know, the waiting for it to they know he's dead.
2: Yeah, so it's really beautifully edited, powerful scene. Okay. Um, now, how many years later was this? Moneyball was Moneyball six years? is this year. Six <laughs> years it? later, was yes. that? Six yes. years was later. That,
1: Capote was w- 2005, and five, six.
2: And it was, you said, like cutting 10, <laughs> 11 Capotes, <laughs> right? Yeah, the, A million the, the, feet the, of film. Oh, and It was
1: crazy. And there was like, exponential amounts of, of archival footage and the baseball footage, which, you know, we did have some... Help with the baseball footage because there's just so much of it, and we had to tell that story of the season. But um, the um, the scenes themselves were very heavily covered, and it was all shot on film.
2: And this was a
1: Wally Pfister shot it all on film. And, and there's a lot of
2: brilliant fun. cinematographer. Oh, it's
1: just terrific. It,
2: this was a this was a very a very difficult film to edit for various reasons. can you the shape elaborate of the st- on that the shape yeah.
1: of the story is is tough you know it's it's a hard hor- yeah. it's it's a tough one what um just some of the the challenges and some of the um the aspects of it, what what occurred in shaping it and became apparent after a while there just in the scope of the film there was there was too much set up in the script i we took out a uh, let's say about Four setup scenes in the very beginning, where he's talking to different uh, agents of the players who had left, and he also had a whole scene with his current wife. And we, after when when we started taking those out in the beginning, we just we realized we really have to excise that character, and so we ended up taking out. It wasn't a matter of performance; it was a matter of um, he just uh, Brad's performance played more more solemn, more more kind of lonely and effective with without a current wife and it sort of brought the, the sort of pathos of his previous relationship and the strength of his relationship with his daughter forward and we ended on a moment when he really makes his decision at the end listening to his daughter's tape so that kind of brought that to four but one very interesting thing that happened within that was that there was a very key scene that uh, Brad played with the character, the actress who played his wife, that was right after the twentieth game, in which he's like, she's trying to consult, she's saying, "Oh, this is so great, twenty games, it's amazing, it's a record," and he's like, "This, this is nothing. It's no, It's just a number and a record until until you win that last game, it's meaningless." And he was like inconsolable, and it was a really s- strong little improvised scene. But we had to, because we were getting rid of the character, we couldn't. Suddenly, have her there. So we concocted a scene out of pieces of another scene with Jonah and some images on the the um, holdover images from the 20th game and some of the dialogue from the from the dinner scene, but with the uh, sounds of the restaurant excised. And that worked in our in a screening. It worked really well. It worked with us for us. But we eventually then shot Brad's side of it, and he performed the within the scene, but we never reshot Jonah because the, the shots worked fine.
2: But do you remember the scene where he's saying the 20th game doesn't mean anything, you're going to be judged by the... That pod- was his... Uh, that was so
1: Brad's slide was shot like six months later or more, and... Jonah's shots were cheated from a scene that comes later. And so
2: when you, if you watch that, we're not showing that particular scene, but if you watch it, you'll notice that Jonah never talks in that scene <laughs> <laughs> because it's and just... And he's wearing sh- the
1: same clothes as the scene later, but it Yeah, it's matter, just so cheated it really.
2: shots, but, it, but it's a great but scene. I, it's, it's interesting
1: though. You, you can get away with a lot and continuity wise. It's like, it's amazing what you can get away with. Like in a film that I had called Changing Lanes, there was a whole day that we took out in the beginning. And so we combined two mornings essentially, and the clothes were a little different, but nobody noticed.
2: Yeah. yeah. And and it was also, I mean, the, g- focusing on the jo- uh, Jonah's character, Brad was Pitt's really character, that was really important. Their dynamic
1: too. was what, ran, what pushed the movie along and made, made the most sense.
2: But you would never, I mean, I'm sure most people don't know that there were there was a wife there. <laughs> that's just, no. but it what is what interesting. Interestingly,
1: so many people, like early on, people, especially people who had seen it over and over again, and then saw it out, were like, oh, but he's wearing this wedding ring. How does he explain that? Now, people are like, they don't even remember the wedding ring. It's, it's funny how, yeah. you know, that's... But I even think that, you know, his being haunted
2: by his past also yeah. had more resonance without a wife. It's just all of it was yeah. added it, up to it a it really worked much better. I mean, how how did revelation. you com- But how did you w- did you preview or how did yeah, you come well, about? We, to we
1: previewed uh, We, we with that did well decision. with our previews from from the get go. And it was actually the first preview was actually shorter with and that had the wife in it interestingly but we had we had really cut down one scene that we knew we could expand upon which is the one where they they're trading right they're trading on the phone that we had a version of that that was like kind of half its length it's its final length but we realized that people were so entertained by it and had such a good time with it even people that didn't understand what was going on there were just like enjoying the rhythms and, yeah. the, and the uh and the energy of it so we we played it out fully. Eventually. Yeah, and
2: and yeah, it's 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 really interesting how these those things evolve, and mm-hmm. um, so the scene we are going to show is the. Okay, I'll let you set me. it up. It's yeah. the
1: second scene with the with the scouts, and uh, it's just uh, it's a scene that I really feel very close to. I mean, I work worked it to death, but uh, the wonderful thing about it is it just gets all of the information across very. Cleanly, of what you know that this is like the end of one era and a beginning of a new one, and his silent partner and Jonah's character is like is is wonderfully slowly comes forward, and it's like this wave of resistance from the old school of the scouts to you know being replaced by computers essentially
2: We'll talk about the editing the choices you make after we run mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. that was very heavily covered scene and you said you made yes. choices
1: oh uh, yeah well the the what i really focused on were um wally fister who shot the scene wally's a very dramatic cinematographer and here he is faced with a scene of like 10 old guys sitting around a table with a fluorescent light and how do you bring that into something special and there was a lot of coverage there was a lot of there was the most striking angles were these raking profiles that in, that you see all the characters kind of on one side and there was a lot of movement within that were just, and the, the focus shifts in a very documentary, wonderful way that were just like, they were just tantalized. They were just beautiful. So that was what I was just always digging for everything that I could get within that setup because I, I was avoiding the straight-ons and the simple-overs in favor of that
2: but also a lot of the the actor the characters were originally um hired as technical consultants and then used as actors that wasn't originally the yes, intention yeah. like and the you thought that was gold oh, i gold, mean
1: absolute gold! like the fellow with the hearing aid that, that was an improvised line that you know that's about god <laughs> it's, yeah. it's so beautiful it's and great. the
2: guy with you called the dinosaur neck oh, the, he's um, great. he was Grady.
1: He, He's he, terrific. He he's was an announcer, yeah,
2: well but not a, an actor. He was
1: in the world of baseball and then was in announcing. Actually, Bennett had met him on a commercial or something, and it was interesting because he, he said, you know, I'm going to do this film Moneyball. You're, you'd be interesting in this thing. He said, are you familiar with the A's? And then he started going on a, a rant against Billy B, and he said, you're hired. You're hired. <laughs> <laughs> but the the consultants like like Phil Poe the fellow who was called the the Ancient Mariner the guy with the, the hearing aid and the the um the uh, smaller man with the white hair to the left of uh, of Brad they're they're real scouts as are um, two other guys
2: and you were saying that you 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 appreciate the aura of of the non professional oh, actors Some, very sometimes very much
1: so. though really, I mean there's you can get you can get a Veracity and a reality out of um, out of a, a kind of a non-professional performance that you know. Well, there's some some actors are are able to like completely get that artifice out, like totally. But it's, it's just even more, I mean, who could play that guy? You know, he's, he's just amazing. What
2: do you think is challenging though about, because you have a lot of experience combining scenes where there are non-professionals and professionals. Well, trying
1: to, again, kind of massage those two vibes together yeah. and get them to, to be in the same world, for them not to feel as if like they're clashing, you know, that they're, they're in the same movie. You know that's that's a challenge. I mean,
2: I'm just so aware when I watch that scene of the 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 the, the, the internal rhythm of the the words. You, you you're very much about performance and words, and how you are just you're so tuned in to, to the perfect comic timing and the way you set up Jonah Hill by cutting to him before the. Yeah, he's <laughs> and, so just and just the timing fa- it's, I, I of I that scene. I felt bad when Every he lost
1: weight because it's like his face is like this wonderful canvas. It's <laughs> yeah. beautiful, like a drawing.
2: Yeah and 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 it, I actually appreciate his performance in that movie more than any other because oh, of the it's, underplaying it's amazing, because yeah. of this, he, his he timing was, is so impeccable.
1: Oh, he's amazing. It? yeah he, really is, he took that on so seriously. And Jonah's a really really smart guy and he, he knew what was what was at stake here and he played it to
0: the hilt. yeah, underplayed it. To underplayed, the hilt. <laughs>
2: Yeah, but you capture that too in the editing, I think.
0: So that was Bobby interviewing Christopher. So again, thanks to the Manhattan Edit Workshops for setting this whole event up. You got to check it out, sitesoundandstory.com. Thanks to Whipster for being our sponsors this week. And of course, thanks to Bobby and Christopher for this amazing interview. Let us know if you're going to be going to the Sight, Sound, and Story 2016 event. I'd love to hear what you're expecting and what you're hoping to get out of it. But with all that said, I'm your host, Gordon Raquel. Thanks for listening.